Danjo, and welcome to the first episode of the Indigenous Futures Podcast, a podcast in service to amplifying Indigenous voices as they vision a collective future built on Indigenous ways of knowing. My name is Teo Montoya. I am Inde, also known as Lipon Apache, from South and West Texas. I am a science fiction writer, an electronic music maker, a self-proclaimed Indigenous futurist, a student of traditional ecological knowledge, and a proud member of the Lipon Apache Band of Texas. Before we begin, and before I really introduce you to this podcast, I would like to ask our listeners to sit for a moment and imagine the future. Seems simple enough, right? What does the future look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? Is it safe and pleasant or dystopian and terrifying? Is there war occurring or is it peaceful? What are the cultures that surround you? What is their relationship to the land, to our animal and plant relatives, to each other? What do these people look like in the future? What songs do they sing? What music do they play? What stories do they tell? How do we talk to each other? How do we communicate? Does everybody have the same language or are there many languages? What kind of technologies are in this world? Do we have guns? Bows and arrows? Do we have some sort of plasma ray? Do we have quantum computers? Or are we in a land that no longer uses technology as we see it today? Are we beyond that type of technology? Are we even still in our bodies? Maybe our consciousness has completely left our bodies. Okay, okay, so maybe we won't go there quite yet. But the point of this is that these questions could go on and on. We could ask ourselves a million different questions about what the future could look like, what another world could look like. And what I really wanted to bring you into was the act of visioning, of seeing what is possible, what could or couldn't happen, of kind of testing our capacity to be prescient, to see into the future, to make logical conclusions, to prophesize. And I truly believe, as an Indigenous person, this act of visioning may be the most important thing you do. For doing this act allows us to plant the seeds of a future not yet here, a future in which Indigenous knowledge, Indigenous perspectives, Indigenous technologies, and Indigenous bodies are needed. And as we go about visioning this future, it actually allows us to stake a claim in it. It allows us to create our own narratives, to change the narratives, to reinsert our indigeneity into that narrative, not only for the benefit of ourselves, of our people, but for all of humanity. And if we are to vision clearly, we need not only to tap into the well of our own indigeneity, into our own ancestral ways, into those original teachings that each of our peoples have, but also to deeply critique the colonial capacity to vision the future. So really, we're trying to take this immense privilege we have as modern peoples, as indigenous peoples, and to use those together to create something new. And this is really the realm of indigenous futurism, because it all starts in visioning. It doesn't start with just our hands in the ground, you know, that that piece will come, that piece is needed. But the focus of this podcast is really going to be about what is possible? What can we start moving towards? What narratives need tuning? What beautiful imaginations can allow us to innovate in this future? 
so that we not only do we take the traditions of our original instructions, but actually come up with new ways of being in the world that are not colonial, that are not Western, but that are deeply indigenous in origin. And in this realm that we're in, this indigenous futurism, or what is sometimes called indigenous futurisms as a plural, it really is this movement that is here to reclaim our narratives as indigenous people. Now, this movement has developed over the last decade or so, and was really coined about six or seven years ago by Grace L. Dillon in her book, Walking the Clouds, which I'll definitely dive into a little later in this podcast. Now, I call it a movement because I don't really know what else to call it. It has really expanded past its origins in this academic setting where it was used as this reference point of inquiry into what it means to be indigenous and to write science fiction or speculative fiction and how we can really push against the confines of uh, you know, Western academia that kind of holds science fiction and speculative fiction in this kind of narrower box and expanding that creativity to serve uh, a future. But as I said, it's extended much beyond that. It's entered all forms of media and art, both traditional and modern, you know, from groups like A Tribe Called Red, producing indigenous, futurist, electronic music, to traditional pottery with quite a twist by Virgil Ortiz, who includes all kinds of LGBTQ narratives as well as indigenous futurist narratives. And I mean, literally any sort of art or creative endeavor you can imagine, indigenous futurism has staked a bit of a claim in it. I mean, we have high fashion design, we've got video games, we've got tabletop games, we've got, of course, tons of original music and song and video, we've got professional film and theater and dance, we even have VR and AR experiences that are all in service to this indigenous futurism. And it doesn't even just stop in media, for media, of course, informs who we are, it informs our identities, and due to this, it is really extending into the experience of being a modern urban indigenous person. And uh, this is especially powerful for modern urban indigenous youth. As you can go online right now, go to any sort of social media, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and look up the tag indigenous futurism, and you'll see, you know, hundreds and hundreds of examples of indigenous folks creating art, and not only just creating art as an indigenous person, but creating art in service to the future. And I think it's just so powerful that something like indigenous futurism can actually be claimed and taken into our very identity of being indigenous. You know, that who we are is actually about this sort of activist mentality of reclaiming our narratives so that our identities are not only about who we are now and as resilient survivors of the past, but as people who are integral to the future of this planet and maybe others. Now, when we look at, you know, modern pop culture, there are plenty of indigenous narratives, but they are largely written by non-indigenous people. At the turn of the 20th century, America was deeply enamored with Western and adventure novels, you know. It was so excited by the exoticism of the colonial endeavor and and the, the thrill of white saviorism that those kind of narratives got really deeply ingrained in the collective imagination of 
the Western world. And these stereotyped visions of what it means to be indigenous have, have huge reper- repercussions for modern indigenous people, including not being able to be heard in their current real experiences because it is just so off base from what non-indigenous people expect indigenous people to be like. And so to reclaim this narrative, this kind of modern pop cultural narrative of indigenous peoples is no small task. This is deeply ingrained in the, you know, kind of Western collective imagination. But I think that as we're seeing indigenous futurism enter all areas of media and kind of enter this urban indigenous experience, it can really start contending with it. And because of our diasporic history, where so many of us have been moved off of reservations to kind of urban centers. I mean, when we look at America, the United States of America, indigenous people, the largest concentrations of indigenous people are either in LA or New York. And so that's a huge part of being native in 2020 is the urban experience of being native. And through that diaspora, we've kind of had to innovate. We've had to use different tools to culturally map ourselves. So there's a wonderful book by Renia K. Ramirez, uh, which was one of my old professors at uh, University of California, Santa Cruz, called Native Hubs. And it was really looking at the ways that diasporic groups of indigenous people found belonging by kind of entertaining a pan-tribal existence. And so if you're an urban native, you know what it's like to go to a powwow and see all of the different tribes, to see all the different dances, to hear all the different songs, and to even share in those. And with social media, this whole placemaking and cultural mapping has blown up to a whole new level. I mean, indigenous TikTok is like a thing, you know, like <laughs> you go to TikTok and you look up you know, hashtag indigenous, there are hundreds of creators and influencers that are just trying to, they're just showing up to reclaim the narrative of what it means to be indigenous. So this reclamation of what it means to be indigenous is really alive and well. And I think that this is just such a ripe time, not only for this podcast, but for so many indigenous artists and writers and academics who are you know, either intentionally or unintentionally exploring what it means to be indigenous in the future. So in the first couple episodes of this podcast, we really are going to be looking at some of the aspects and tenets of indigenous futurism laid out by Grace L. Dillon. I think it's so important that we do this so we can really invite ourselves as indigenous artists, thinkers, and just indigenous peoples and investigate what it means to take our indigenous way of knowing our identities into the future using not only our traditional technologies, but modern technologies and anything that's really at our disposal, while also ensuring that everything we develop is firmly rooted in our indigeneity. And I think that something that's fundamental here, at least for me, is actually healing this schism between my identity as an indigenous man and my identity as a you know, a man in this modern capitalist Western society here in the United States of America. And so often those identities have really been opposed. And I think that there's something here with indigenous futurism in which we can look towards a time, you know, not yet here, but a time in which we can actually be whole as ourselves in the very reality we find ourselves. And we might need to change that reality to do that. 
And what I love so much about Grace Aldone's work is that she actually speaks directly to this kind of experience of healing this schism. And it's sort of roots in self-determination and decolonization. And in Anishinaabe Moen, which is the Anishinaabe language, they call it biska being, which is this process of returning to ourselves. I really appreciate that this aspect is vital to this work. You know, it's not just indigenous artists coming up with cool ideas. It's actually about healing ourselves, about healing our ancestral trauma and healing the the effects of colonization, decolonizing ourselves. I so look forward to investigating this with you all, to speaking with other indigenous artists and thinkers about what it really means to be indigenous in the future, what it means to vision a future in which indigenous ways of knowing are really the bedrock of how we go about living our lives. So over the next couple of episodes, to really build this strong foundation, we're going to investigate the themes that Grace L. Dillon lays out in her work. I think this is just the best entry into Indigenous Futurism because it really allows us to have a couple frameworks that can grapple with these very large, important questions. So I really hope that you enjoyed this first episode, and I really look forward to continuing this. And I I hope that it'll be as exciting for you as it is for me, because this topic is something that is really important to me. It feels as if it is something that is vital to being a human on this earth. And I really do look forward and am optimistic for the day in which some of the things that are spoken of here come true. So I just wanted to thank you all for listening in, and I'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you again, and Ashugande. Ashugande.